clamoring for more information on the idea of manifesting. There are now hundreds of books and courses and workshops on the law of attraction, abundance, and reality creation. But in this candid interview with the author of Manifesting 123 and You Don't Need 3, Ken Elliott takes manifesting to a whole new level. If you could see your thoughts in actual form, what would they look like? If you were the producer, director, and actor in your own movie, how would you write the script? Is it possible to offload fear and worry to make room for the circumstances that you truly desire? Well, Ken had some very interesting answers to these questions as he shared his philosophy on the manifesting process, which he says is not only fun, but as easy as one, two, three. Your book is called Manifesting One, Two, Three, and you don't need number three. Now, that's not my comment. That's actually part of the title. Now, of course, we're going to want to hear why we wouldn't need number three, and we'll get to that. But in the meantime, let's talk a little bit about one and two, if you would be so kind as to give us a summary. What is one and two of manifesting? Well, the number one is is how to make it happen. And to preface that, I've been very fortunate in that for 20 years, I've been very close friends with Judy Goodman, who is an incredibly gifted person, possibly the most gifted person in the West. Uh, that's a big statement, very, very big statement. And I won't get into all those abilities, but they uh, go beyond anyone you've seen in the media to this point. Mm-hmm. And, and so when, we, uh, when I first met her, we, we plugged in as friends and she, I had a personal issue, and she was a psychic person. She hates that term. She was the psychic person that I called, and she gave me a good understanding uh, um, or some help with what I was dealing with. And what I didn't bargain for was that all these doors opened, and I began to remember uh, dreams and, and started having high-coincidence experiences and meeting authors in the metaphysical field, and all this just sort of fell out of the sky in a very fast order. And um, I hadn't known Judy for very long, and someone called me and and uh, asked me if I knew who Judy was. And I said, well, you know, she lives in Georgia. She's a very nice person, very gifted. Um, well, that's about it. And she'd been helpful to me. And the person started describing some of Judy's gifts, uh, many of which I understood because I, you know, I like that sort of thing. I grew up as a kid liking ESP and all those sort of, you know, metaphysical kind of stories. But she told me something I'd never heard before. She said, if you send Judy something in thought, she'll get it. And I went, what do you mean? And uh, so she told me something she had done, and I I called Judy and said, you've got a a birthday tomorrow. I want to send you something in thought. Mm -hmm. And she said, so what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm going to think about it really, really hard and send it. And uh, she said, well, you're going to send me a gift you're going to think about it in your head and because it's a gift it's going to come out through your heart she said i'm going to get it every time well i still didn't understand what this stuff was so uh, okay so the next morning i got up is her birthday and i decided i'd send her something easy i guess um i'm a visual artist um you know the real thing but it Judy said, you don't have to be, you know, good visually, and you don't spend a lot of time on it. Just take a few seconds. Imagine the thing and send it. 
And so I decided I would send her a, a yellow rose in a simple silver vase. And I thought about it for just a few seconds, and I let it go. And then I started cramming it. I was thinking about it and jamming that thing and, oh, you know, yellow rose in the base. <laughs> and, and I went to work, and I was worthless at work and came back after lunch and, and, and crammed on it and concentrated on it real hard some more. And then I called Judy up at lunch. I'm in San Francisco. She's in Georgia, a distance of 2,100 miles. And, and I said, did you get the thing I sent? She was looking at the computer. She said, well, hang on. And she sees all the time. She didn't have to shift gears, really. She said, there's a lot of people on the other side, and they know it's my birthday, so they sent me a lot of things in thought, and I can see them in the room, a lot of things here. There's a lot of people in the physical world, and they know it's my birthday, and they've also sent me things in thought, and I can see them. They're in spirit. They're in a different dimension, not in the physical world, in the spirit world. And so the room was full of gifts. She said, Ken, your gift, you and I go way back. She was implying past lives. You and I go way back. And your gift's right up front there on the desk. And, and I, didn't, I didn't care about that Samuel stuff. I, I just want to know if she got the thing. Mm -hmm. And she said, was it your intention to send me a rose? And I got one of those big Hollywood moment lumps in my throat. And I said, yeah. She said, was your intention to send me a yellow rose? And I was just freaking out. I said, yeah, that's right. She said, well, that's not what I got. <laughs> and I went, well, I've come all this distance. And what? And she said, look, somebody saw your intention and embellished it and sent it on, you know, caught it and embellished it and sent it on its way. Caught it might not be the right word, but grabbed my intention, embellished it and sent it on its way. I said, who could do that? She said, some big guy. And let me preface this. This is this is not the Alexis Holy Roller show, and I'm not Mr. <laughs> Holy Roller, Jesus Freak Ken. But the answer I got was a stunner. I said, what do you mean, big guy? She said, J.C. Mm -hmm. I said, what do you mean, like Jesus, J.C.? She said, yeah. Well, a lot of people would do the happy dance, and there's a part of me going, oh, my God, does Santa Claus really see what we're doing all the time? <laughs> you know, there's a part of me wants to crawl under a rock, and there's another part of me going, wow, this is pretty cool. And there was another part of me that couldn't embrace this as an idea, that I'd, I'd draw that kind of attention. Um, but we all do. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, that, that was interesting. And I said, well, I, it, still to give you an explanation, I said, I don't, I don't get it. You're going to have to explain what's going on here. She said, he saw your intention and wanted to do something with it. Wanted to, to, he's a great gift giver. Judy tells me. Mm -hmm. And so he embellished it and sent it on its way. Judy said, I'm looking at a rose that's been dipped in gold, and it's all aglow. And she said, I had to guess. I had to play 1-800-PSYCHIC. I had to uh, intuit. I couldn't clearly see that there was a yellow rose underneath the gold. And I was just shocked. And it, it really stunned me, and it kept me from playing that game for a while because I didn't want to step into that world. That was, boy, that just felt like something a little too special. And uh, But later on, my curiosity got me, so I be, continued to send Judy a number of things and thought, and I've done this over 20 years. And every time I send her something, she gets it. Every time. Mm -hmm. And I have sent her some very complex things. And... Um, even concepts, you know, mm -hmm. even emotional things. 
and she gets them every time. Now, don't everybody go sending Judy stuff because there, there is a, a walled garden there. Uh, so I'm, I'm allowed to get in there if I behave, I suppose. Right. Um, but after all this time, I just couldn't believe that this would happen again and again and again. I was such a numbskull, I didn't understand what I was doing. I was just playing post office with the psychic lady, right? Mm. I was someone who's very, very gifted. And... Um, it didn't it didn't dawn on me for a long, long time. And then I saw the video, The Secret, mm-hmm. and it stunned me. I mean, it just rocked me back. I went, oh, my God, I know what all those people are doing. Right. But they don't know how this works. Right, right. Well, you're you're getting way ahead. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of meat to this, and I definitely want to bring up that that uh, reference to the secret. I want to talk about uh, some of the things that you bring up in your book about uh, mm-hmm. really uh, the mechanics of vision boarding and scrapbooking and list making that you talk about in the book. So I want to stay on the thought uh, process, if you if you will, for quite a while. I mean, we're we're talking about it, would this be number one? of the manifesting and then we're going to get to number two and remember I've looked at the book. So we're going to, you know, I, I kind of know where that's going. I don't want to reveal that to the audience yet, but let's stay on the thought process for a little while. You know, we're talking about, uh, I know that you, you talk about thought forms. What you were basically doing is sending a thought form and you're uh, an advocate of thoughts being things as am I, but it sounds like there's a lot more dimension to that process again, than meets the eye, if you will. So let's yeah. elaborate on that a little bit. Um, you know, again, you had this process going on uh, with uh, your friend who is able to be a receiver. So in this case, you're the sender. She's the receiver. Has mm-hmm. she ever tried to send you where he, she's the sender and you're the receiver? And can that be? Can we switch roles? <laughs> no one's ever asked me that question before. Yeah, she has sent me things. But I didn't get them in a way where I needed to be gifted to right. get them. I, I would get them in a physical way. Mm-hmm. Or, or I would feel a vibration from her that's unique to her, a unique signal. Or I would smell her perfume. It was a joke. Uh, there were some people in Georgia, and she, and she would tell the people in Georgia, watch, I'm going to make Ken call me. Mm-hmm. And she would send me a buzz or a perfume profoundly. Uh, noticeable, and I just pick up the phone and say, "What's up?" And I hear people laughing in the background. <laughs> Isn't that so? She so she get it to me where it was physical. Now the smell was not physical. No one else could smell it. But you know, I would take the room apart trying to figure out where the smell came from. It was so strong. the uh, The vibration was physical. It felt physical to me, but it wasn't. If someone was holding my hand, they wouldn't feel the vibration. I was getting that internalized. Mm-hmm. But it came off like physical. So she got it to me strongly enough that I couldn't miss it. Right, right. So so going back to what you're asking, this is a good time for me to tell everybody that's listening to this program, just sit back and relax, because you're going to hear something you've never heard before. Mm-hmm. And it underpins everything in your life. When you think about all the great inventions of the world, all the great insights in the world, and there are many, when you think about the caveman to all the things that have been built in our existence in the world right now, it's staggering. And what underpins everything that's ever been invented is this, unless it was divinely inspired, we'll say, there was a thought, and that thought created something. It began to build. Mm -hmm. 
Imagine you're a genie and you think of something and it immediately starts to form and you can see it. Now, how empowering would that be? What's happening when I was sending things to Judy, she could watch them form up in real time. Her giftedness would allow her to see these things happen in real time on the spirit side. If you had her gifts, you would never stop creating things because you could see the results as you think it, just like a genie. That's who we are. We are empowered to do that. It is one of the greatest gifts we have outside of life itself. And when you think of something, it immediately begins to form. And it. And, and my friend William Buhlman, who's been on your show, he mm -hmm. mentioned this. It's just a side conversation one time. And I flipped out on it. And I said, wait a minute, what, what, what are you talking about? You, you go to the other side. He's an out-of-body guy. You go to the other side, and you see the things on your wish list sort of arrayed over there in various forms of development? He said, yeah. And I said, well, 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 go through that again. And he said, well, let's say I want a new car. I've been, I've been making a wish list of this new car. Maybe I'll put my hand on it. Maybe I'll, <clears throat> William didn't do this, but we're just embellishing this wish list. So maybe you'd touch it every day. You put it on your mirror. You burn a candle on it. You had some sort of little ceremony or not. And you carry it in your pocket and you see this thing every day. So he's been wanting a new car. We'll use him for an example. And this, this isn't, I'm putting words in his mouth, but he did do these wish lists. So the example is a car. You're working on this car for three weeks, two weeks. And in William's world, it's our world too, but he can go out of body and see this and mm -hmm. show can Judy. He could see that car forming up. It's like a wisp of smoke. It's like a vapor. Now you can look at the vapor over there and you have these knowings and that vapor is the car. Now, if he'd been working on it for six or eight weeks, maybe, or just more intensively, I'm, I'm not going to put a time frame on this, if he worked on that more, that car would start to form up. It would take a shape of a car. Mm -hmm. You couldn't miss it. That's the car I'm working on. You do it some more, some more, it starts to get a blush of color. It, it eventually will become very 3D over there in the spirit world, full color, and you know it's coming over in days or weeks not months or years, mm -hmm. and, and you have built this with your thoughts. Well, I'm going to interject something because I could swear that you are seeing my thoughts shape right in front of your face right now, Ken, because you have already hit on three or four things that I was thinking to bring up, including uh, Bill's uh, or William's sojourns out of body. We're going to get to that. So you're just taking the thoughts right out of my mouth and... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm sitting over here smiling uh, broadly. But th this is pretty profound. And, and that is something, as a matter of fact, uh, most of uh, my audience knows that, uh, well, Bill and I have been friends for a couple of years now, and he's been on the show several times. He is also a part of my book. But I was thinking as I'm reading your book, and you do bring that up, that uh, uh, and I don't know that he's ever talked about that on air, that he is able, we know he can go out of body, but is able to actually see uh, the manifesting of this thought form in the out-of-body state. Mm -hmm. And that is fascinating. I would like to have him back on the show just to talk about that. Because that, yeah. that yeah. would, again, incent people, because as we know, he's a big advocate of self-initiated OBEs. And, and, and of course, his uh, contention is that they are good uh, for many reasons, but not the least of which is really confirming that we never die. But there are so many other things, including healing, that can take place 
in yeah. that space and then be brought back. So that's a whole nother thing. So again, you're really, really putting emphasis, Ken, on the idea that thoughts are things. We've heard this before. It's almost become cliche, but you're yeah. approaching this. You are approaching this in, an, in a way that is really bringing some validity um, and some even pragmatism, if, 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 even in this, in this space of metaphysics that mm -hmm. says, hmm, there maybe is some meat to this. So I guess my next question would be, how can more of the lay person begin to see their thoughts or can they probably not but you can see a result of it and i, and I want to go back to this um bit about making things mm -hmm. there God, you know how many books are there on manifesting and the law of attraction right law of attraction is a side effect of a thought you have a thought and it starts to make something and then something happens. Sure, things are attracted to the thought, but it's the thought that makes things happen. Law of attraction is a side effect of the core thought. And if you stay with something, it will build and build and build until it gets so full color and 3D over there in the field around you, it will come over into the physical world. And it has to happen because it's the law. And a lot of people have stated that it's a law. And, and I'm all for all these people giving people the manifest to ask, ask, prayer, pray, vision boards, um, you know, wish lists, all this sort of stuff. But what underpins all of this, uh, and here's a good analogy, the wheel is round. Okay, I'm all for people using the wheel, ball bearings, all these sort of things to make things easier. But you can invent things. Um, what underpins the wheel, it was the thought first. When I look at Manhattan, I see all of Manhattan, but when I also understand that all of Manhattan was a wisp of smoke first, it is billions of thoughts that formed from a vapor, from, from this haze in the field around us. It's like gravity. You know, if, if you hold out your coffee cup and let it go, congratulations, you are expert and gravity, really? Mm. Gravity is a law. You are equally gifted in dropping things as anyone else on the planet. You have your, your abilities are every bit as good as a two-year-old. And it doesn't matter if you understand gravity or not. It uh, doesn't understand if you get those physics. Gravity just works anyway. Mm -hmm. And your understanding of gravity has no influence on water running downhill. You can't make yourself heavier or lighter with your understanding of gravity. And when you think something, it begins to build. And if you stay with it, it's going to create itself. It's going to create the thing you think. And these include your worries, Absolutely. your fears. We're going to talk about that. Yes, I'm yeah. going to get to that. Yeah, let's that's... later. Yeah. So to, so to come back around, um, everything in your house, unless it grew naturally, and this, if it came from a nursery, that's a thought. Somebody had to truck that, make a company, and bring it over. Everything in your house, in your office, was a puff of smoke first. Mm -hmm. And you have a lot of power over the life you have. And this, this is for thoughts. This is low-red sports cars. And it's also concepts like happiness and health. So what you're thinking is building. And I, I can't underscore that enough. It's the most fundamental thing I can imagine. It underpins everything in this world unless it occurred naturally. Mm -hmm. And you have domain over this. It is your gift. Yeah. 
So. I, I agree with you. I think this is something we could certainly spend the whole hour on, and I think it's going to be <clears throat> sort of intertwined throughout the conversation. Thought is really the, the, the builder, the infrastructure. And, you know, as we think, we're thinking creatures. And, you know, I can only imagine with all the thoughts each of us has each day, especially these days with so many messages coming to us, that if someone like your friend, uh, um, Judy, um, Judy, Judy, Am I mm -hmm. Yeah. Could uh, see all the thoughts that are running through each individual, seven billion of them. Oh, my God, what a deluge of <laughs> stuff they would see. <laughs> so, you know, the, I guess my question is, can our thoughts are do all thoughts manifest in some form? Do, even the random thoughts, even the arbitrary thoughts, even the thoughts that are so quick that the, the experiencer or the thinker doesn't even catch it. I mean, think of how many, we call it the squirrel, I call it the squirrel on crack, when you, especially when you're trying to meditate, the thoughts are just going, ning, ning, yeah. running through your head yeah, so yeah. quickly that you can't even catch them. But are mm -hmm. those thoughts manifesting on some level too? No, but, no, because you're not reinforcing them. You're not building them. Mm -hmm. You're not making brick upon brick upon brick upon brick mm -hmm. by reinforcing that thought or that intention. I see. It's when you stay on it that it builds and it gets more form. But, you know, some casual advertising or you're trying to um, do a technique I call the movie. That's part of the number one in the book. That's you know, right. you're, you're, you're going through these scenarios in your mind. And, and, and the pink elephant walks to the room. You don't have to worry about that because you don't sit down every day to make pink elephants. It's mm -hmm. not going to happen. So, no, you don't have to worry about that too much. And there's that word worry. Mm -hmm. um, anything you're repeating is building. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, am I overly careful? Not anymore, because I get this. Uh, if, if I'm continually touching, 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 touching something, then I'm purposely making something, and that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I do not want to purposely make things that I'm afraid of. So I'll, so I'll shift off of that. So no, I don't worry about the, the chatter and traffic okay. in my mind. So it's redundancy of thought. Um, yes. And, and you're, of course, advocating conscious redundancy of thought. And I, mm -hmm. I agree. Well, you know, this might be a good way to segue to what I believe is number two, and that is uh, dealing, let's just say, with worry and fear. And you, you discuss the process of offloading worry and fear so that they won't manifest things you don't want. How would one go about, as you call it, offloading worry and fear? Yeah, and this is new. You know, th there's a, a lot of counseling and psychiatry and, and more books that just stack up to the sky on, on this sort of thing. And and we're all different, and we need different approaches to uh, working with fear of things we don't want in our, in our lives. Um, what was given to me is, is very, very simple. This book is incredibly simple. People just read it through in one sitting, and they go to work on it, and I start getting stories for the newsletter. Mm -hmm. By the way, that website is manifesting123.com. Okay. We're going to have that and, linked up for sure. Yes. Sure. And uh, Judy Goodman's site is Judy Goodman. Good, G-O-O-D-M-A-N.com. And William Buhlman, I believe he is astraltravel.com. Actually, it's astralinfo.org. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, these are people that, that know the stuff. And I'm... I'm Try to be the best student, and, and now I'm the teacher pushing this stuff forward. So the number two of manifesting one, two, three is quite simply this. There are two great powers in this, in this world. One is love and one is fear. Everything is a vibration. That's how things are built. And 
some things spin one way, some things spin another way. And if you want to sign up and be on a team, then you can pick the love team or the fear team. Uh, and I, I keep things in simple context because I'm pretty simple-minded myself. I don't like a lot of complicated things when they don't have to be. Mm-hmm. And with the number two, it's really about your worries, and worries are fears. So if you have a fear of getting sick, then you are manufacturing that result. If you have a fear about running out of money, then you are manufacturing that result. And by the way, let me just say, there is money and there's the equivalent of money. You don't have to punch in and punch out for everything that you need, nor do you have to go through hoops to have great health. Uh, These are things that you can manifest. Now we have a destiny. We're going to have bad things happen, I believe. Not much we can do about it. That's part of the school. That's part of the life's lesson. But we have a lot of free space to decide if we want to live happily and comfortably, um, to be in service, or or to just be a, you know a pain in the rear in the office. <laughs> <laughs> we have those choices. Yeah. So um, what I was given, and I was in quite a jam, um, and I I knew how to make things, but I didn't know how to off, uh, get this fear out of the way um, because I'm making it. I, I can make I can make all sorts of things. So I could be manifesting my perfect career. And then I have this other track going on here where I'm saying to myself, I'm not worthy of this. I'm not smart enough to have this. And guess what? I get the perfect career. I didn't say job, did I? Mm-hmm. I get the perfect career. And then bingo, six weeks later, I'm fired. That's right. I'm really good at manifesting stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a hundred. I manifested two completely different things, two opposite things. Well, when you hold that coffee cup over the table, it just goes to the ground. It it, it doesn't it doesn't judge if you're going to do good things or bad things with gravity, and your thoughts just make things. That is the mechanism. That is our gift, and all it does is make things. So you can do horrible things with this. You can do sublime things with this and everything in between. Mm -hmm. So with my thoughts, let's say that uh, I have this ache in my wrist. I always choose another part of my body when I say this. (laughs) (laughs) So my wrist has been hurting me. And uh, I'm a guy, so I'm not going to go to the doctor, am I? (laughs) You know? So why that thing hurts? It's 3 o'clock in the morning. It's really hurting. And, and I'm worried about this. Well, I know that if I worry about it, I can make a result, a negative result. So I've got to, I've got to stop this worrying. I just, and people say, well, just don't worry about it. Well, I can't. It hurts like heck. I can't worry about the fact that I need some money for that rent in three days. You know, I'm going to worry about that. So how, how do I get off that track? So what I do is this. Hmm. I'm going to make... I'm going to take this worry and turn it into an action item. I'm going to make a note. I'll grab my phone at the side table, turn on the light, make a, make a, get a piece of paper. And this thing about my wrist, I'm going to make a note. Call the doctor in the morning at 9 o'clock. Ooh, I hate this. But that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to try to get off the idea of worrying about this wrist that hurts so much. I can't do anything about it at 3 a.m. It's not an emergency room item, but it's been chronic. So I'll, I'll check with the doctor at 9 o'clock. 
you know, if I wake up, my wrist doesn't hurt, I'm not going to call the doctor. But if it's still hurting, I'm going to call the doctor at 9 o'clock, and I'll walk through this thing. Now, if it were money, we've got that rent due in three days, then, all right, I'm going to make a note. Oh, boy, I hate this one. I'm going to make a note to get an appointment with the boss and ask for a raise. I'll ask, I'll ask him, what can I do to make a better contribution to this company where I can get a better raise? I'll couch it that way. Number two, oh, boy, I'll call some people who owe me money. Well, I hate that, too. You know, if they had it, they'd probably pay me. But I'm going to take action on this lack of money. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to go through these scenarios. I'm going to take action on this, this fear that I have about my wrist. And I'm going to take action on that. And you know what? That's the best I can do. And going back to the number one, and it's all in the book in more detail, but when I'm manifesting, I'm going to imagine that I'm in a movie. And I'm in a movie in my future. If your thoughts can make anything, let's be smart. Let's not say, well, before I get this new uh, career, I have to get my hair restyled. I have to get a, a better car. I have to do this, 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 this. No, 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 no. My thoughts can make the future. So I'm going to go into my future, and I'm going to imagine that I'm in my perfect career. I'll take it a step further. I'm going to imagine it's the end of the day in my home, and I'm sitting on my couch. And I, I just love my perfect career. I don't even know what it is. I don't know where it is. I don't know what it pays. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to. I don't, yeah, yeah, right. But I'm on my couch in my future at the end of the day, and I'm just so happy that I have my perfect career. I can't wait to go back in the morning and get some more of that. It might be in my home. It might be down the street. It might be on the 12th floor downtown somewhere. And then here's the thing I'm going to say. In every one of these things, I'm so very grateful. Now, our thoughts are pretty powerful. But something that's a lot more powerful than that, exponentially more powerful, is love, gratitude, mm-hmm. gratefulness. When I take an individual scene like that little red car or my perfect career, or my perfect partner, or this thing or that thing, and I say in each one of those scenes when I'm done visualizing a scene that I'm so very grateful, it's like plugging that thing into the biggest power outlet you've got in the house. It's much, much stronger. And sometimes I forget the gratitude, and I have to run back on those things. Oh, I'm really grateful for this one, and this, and this, and this. Uh, I'm supposed to be the expert, but I'm like everybody else. I just don't get it all perfectly done but it works i just touch it every day so with the number two this fear you're going to turn that fear into an action item think of something you can do to take action just don't sit around and worry because that's the quickest fastest way to create the thing you don't want and guess what you're you're charging it up with the other great power of the universe fear And thoughts will make anything as long as you give it the juice. Exactly. I want to interject something here because, again, I'm just, again, smiling ear to ear because I can swear you are reading my thoughts. This is getting a little, (laughs) not creepy, but actually quite exciting. I wanted to talk about the power of fear as emotion. You know, many of us understand that thoughts are energy. And in fact, everything is energy as well as information. Emotion, particularly strong emotion, generates um, a very distinct energy field. And for sure, fear can be, the more intense the fear is, of course, uh, the more intense the emotion and the stronger uh, ability I think it has to create. 
Now, do you think, Ken, that fear can, <clears throat> I like to think of it as alchemizing. We, we look at this as, a, as a, a really, really condensed and intense energy, and it's something that uh, we look at initially as, as not so great. But can it be transmuted into its opposite? In other words, can we harness that energetic intensity, even of fear, and alchemize it to be its opposite? Well, uh, do we need to? I mean, I, I, I get the thesis. Um, it's just energy. Mm -hmm. So, so you, you can bend it 45 degrees or 30 degrees or you might even be lucky enough to forget about it. That's hard to do, harder. Um, or turn it 180 degrees and it goes from fear to love. And we see those in our lives all the time. You have a misunderstanding with somebody and you even hate them. You don't even want to be in the room with them. And then somebody will say something like, uh, wow, they did the kindest thing the other day. Um, oh, you really don't know Mike, you know? Uh, you, you you misunderstand him, and they tell you some stories, and and you go to lunch with Mike, and you go, oh my gosh, this is one of the greatest guys in the world. But uh, we we have this different thought, we have this different energy about that. Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand on my head. Let me stand on my head here for a minute. This is kind of hard for me to do. Are you I'm really going to here. do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it just came to me. Look, I I, I just want to scream this. You know, it, it's all energy, okay? Thought, thought makes things. It does, if it's a loving thought, if it's a fearful thought, it's going to make stuff. We use gravity to keep all of our stuff from floating away. We don't use it. We, we just understand it. You know, we, we live with gravity. And if we want something to come out of the faucet, we, we, we make the water come out of the faucet into our glass. We understand gravity, and we use it because it, it makes everything go down, and we can catch water in a glass with it. If you want to light a room in the dark, you get a flashlight, and you turn it on, you point the light where you want to go. We're using light as an energy to illuminate a spot, and we're using gravity as an energy to put water in the glass. So I'm going to stand on my head and say, please, 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 please use thought for what it is. It's an energy and let it make things for you. Mm. Oh, wow. I love it. I've never thought of that before, but uh, okay, now I'm sitting down again. I'm right side up. Um, <laughs> but it's I true. mean, really, <clears throat> if, yeah. you, if you like flashlights, then you're going to love thought. I've got to write that down. You got it on tape, so you don't have to yeah. worry about writing it down. It is yeah. forever an energy in our space and time. So I want to talk about time. How about that? Let's no, I want to talk about, is that a flashlight in your pocket, or are you about to make something? I, I, I never... <laughs> oh, boy. Now, right, I'm going to look around and see a flashlight in the room here. <laughs> Let's talk about manifesting, Ken, and the time factor. You know, <clears throat> so many people who practice some sort of manifesting or visualization technique, they'll put a time contingency on whatever it is they're looking to manifest. Sometimes timing, that rent that's due in three days, is a critical part of what they need. And yet when we're going about the process of turning thoughts into things, that process seems to be happening outside of the realm of time as we understand it, and space, of course. Is there any way of our having, controlling may be a strong word, but for lack of a better word, I'm going to use it, controlling the time factor a little bit more, uh, being uh, that we live in a time-space paradigm. <laughs> Ooh, big pause. Well, I'm just going through, you know, how, how much, how much metaphysical physics 
and real physics <laughs> that you want to go into. I'll, I'll keep the question as to much that. as you deem appropriate at the moment. Yeah. Well, can we affect the future? Uh huh. Can we affect the past? I'm going to take a pass on that. Can we affect the mm-hmm. present? You betcha. So I'll, I'll take this from a from a practical standpoint. And no one's asked me that question before. And this is something that I really, really, really do want to get into. Okay, please take your time. It, it, it's an observation of mine. I don't see thought forming up in real time like Judy does. And I've sent her objects in real time on the phone. It's in the book. And that was uh, that was something to do. Um, because I thought, you know, maybe I'm just sending this stuff and call her later and she's gifted, right? So she just figured out what it is. No, no, no. She would see it happen in, in real time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I'm, I speculate on this. Sometimes people will be going into their movie and they go in their future and they have all these different scenes and everything's very, very nice in their future. Why would you take your junk to the future? So there's not any junk in their future. So it's really, really nice. And they wake up one day. This happened to me and some other people. They wake up one day and they're happier. I mean, a lot happier. And they also have this knowing it's going to stay that way. Now, where'd that come from? I'm going to speculate and say that you're in your future, in your movie, your thoughts are creating this future. And the side effect of that, even if you didn't specify it, all those scenes are happy ones, you wake up with this happiness. Now, that might happen quicker than the little red sports car. And I would offer, my speculation, is that there's not a lot of moving parts between your happiness and what you're putting in your future. Now, for the sports car, you're going to need a little uh, equivalent of money or some money or the right timing or this thing and that thing. So a few more moving parts. But if you're looking for happiness, you can wake up with it. Mm-hmm. Even though that dog was still barking next door and that guy is still playing that crazy in, in a God of Vita, when, when is he going to let that thing go? You know, uh, But you're happy anyway. And you wake up with it. So I've seen some things come in very, very quickly. And, and again, I would say maybe not a lot of moving parts. Now, I have seen a couple things that are in the book where two women were putting into their movie that they're very happy in, in the family setting, this thing and that thing. And uh, these women were doing this at the same time. Good friends of mine, they had been putting this in the movie for six weeks. And one day apart, their husbands came to them out of the blue and said, I want a divorce. And that was a stunner. Now, their plan was when the youngest child graduated from high school, they were going to ask for a divorce. And their their marriages weren't happy ones. And this had come up before, but it, the timing was all wrong. And suddenly, out of the blue, the husband just says, the husbands said, I want a divorce. Mm. And, and I asked them, now, this is a very complicated thing to happen if they're manifesting this, right? That's a lot of moving parts. And, and I asked them, what are you putting in your movie, in your future? Well, I'm with the kids, and we're at the beach, or we're having dinner, or we're doing this and that. And I, said, it, and I asked both of these women the same script. Is your husband in any of those scenes? And they go, are you kidding me, that blankety blank? <laughs> oh, my God, did I do that? It's like they killed him off in a movie, you know? I wow. said, oh, my God, did I do that? And I said, I don't know. But he was not in the future. You were manifesting. This was a plan of yours down the road, in one case a year and a half, the other case two years down the road. 
But he came in on a Thursday and said, this is the deal now. Maybe you did. It's highly coincidental these two women would have this happen to them separately. Mm. It sure made something a nice chapter for the book. It sure didn't. I read that, by the way. I absolutely read that. Yeah, it rocked everybody's world. But it couldn't be more complex than that. We have children. We've got money. We've got houses. We've got careers. We've got emotions. Big ball of string. But uh, whatever the reason, in six weeks, uh, a, a route was made through it. You know, when you go into the movie you don't specify a lot of detail. Now, if, if you want to go to the south of France, then you put all that detail in there. South of France it will be. In my movie, in my future, I, I don't specify where I am in the world, but I, I am happy to be there. And I didn't have to worry about the time away or the money to get there, and I couldn't be happier. I just love it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I've started moving around a lot of different places. Otherwise, I would be going to the same, you know, be going to Paris every time. So I took that out of, the, out of the movie. So some things you want to be very specific about. Let's talk about the perfect partner. And in my movie, and I tell the people about this, don't look at your perfect partner. Don't specify if she has green eyes and weighs this and looks like that and wears that. Right. Perfect. Perfect is good. Perfect is good. So in my movie, my partner, just perfect partner, sits down on the couch next to me, and I just pat her on the leg. I don't have an inkling of what she looks like. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm good for perfect, and I'm so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to this timing thing, what you'll see when you start manifesting something, you might get, I'll call it a bleed over. Maybe that's not a good term. You'll start to see this appear. Uh, coincidences. It'll, it, the name, the thing will appear, the name will appear, the, the subject, the topic. Um, you'll see, uh, maybe you'll get this new job. It's, it, it might be the perfect job, and then after about six weeks you go, you know, no, this isn't the perfect career for me. But, boy, it, it's really filling the hole. And, and I'm getting these ticklers on these other opportunities. I can see a way forward to my perfect career. Our, our, uh, I had a woman, uh, a number of women, one of them said that she was, I love this term, she said, I've been in a drought for six years. Her, she's been widowed, six or eight years. Mm-hmm. And she started manifesting the perfect partner, as we talked about. You know, we, don't, we want to know how tall he is or what he does for a living and all this stuff. And uh, she called me. She said, i got to tell you something that's going on. Um, I said, yeah. She said, well, I got on to dating service, and, and, and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of frogs there, but um, there are these two guys that I had, had met a little bit and briefly. They both wrote me love letters this week. I said, well, you, you don't sound happy about that. She said, well, they're married. <laughs> and I said, well, okay, well, that's kind of a mess. But guess what? You were in a drought for eight years, and you've got two. When, when's the last time you got a love letter? She's junior high, and I said, I think you're on the right track. Exactly. Yes. I think you're seeing results start to form. No, don't hang out with those married guys, but just whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Because mm-hmm. here they come. And if you call and complain to me again, I'm just going to laugh. I'm or hang up laugh. the phone. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't yeah. gripe that you've got guys in your life. 
you know, but you don't have to kiss all those frogs. Mm -hmm. you know? Right, right. So but instead, it's happening. It's showing her, or when we have these sorts of things happen, it's kind of one of those, uh, be careful what you wish for. I think that's probably where that term came from. You might just get it. But what <laughs> I think it's really illustrating is that uh, you're, if nothing more, you're getting confirmation that your thoughts and whatever uh, modality of visioning or movie making you're doing, mm -hmm. it's working. Yeah. And so if, if for nothing more than to show the experiencer, hey, this is actually effective. Now I can refine it a little bit. Now I can maybe tweak it a little bit. So to me, that'd be very valuable. You know, there's another point I want to bring up and I'm looking at the clock. I knew it was going to fly and it is. We've got about 15 minutes left. 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 Uh, can the idea of um, as you're sort of building this vision, if if you will, some some people hear it as well as see it, but nonetheless, you're building this uh, idea that with the intention of manifesting. And I've heard so many people say, "Be as specific as you can." That is a absolutely a contingency for its effectiveness. You, on the other hand, are saying not necessarily. I tend to agree with you. You yeah, know, not necessarily. I, I, I think it can be a little dangerous at times. In fact, if you get so specific that that expectation can actually inhibit something that you can't even imagine from coming into your purview. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. Well, here's a perfect example. So you have a typewriter. Well, you have a computer. And there's the letter D. Every time you touch the button, what does it do? It makes a D. D, 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 D. Thoughts, and I've been over there the other side, and, and I've heard a lot of stories from William Buellman and Judy Goodman and many other people who spend some time over there. Thought is very, very, very literal. D, 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 D. And whatever you think, it will form up immediately over there. If I want to be over there and have an ice cream cone, boom, got an ice cream cone. Two dips, boom, got two dips. And I always like to say, and I'm in Paris, boom. I'm on the other side, two dip ice cream cone in Paris. It happens immediately unless I'm interfering with other people's will over there. Mm -hmm. So if, if I say or type D, it happens. It, it's, it's simple in, simple out. So if I want that, you know, go back to that again. If I'm looking for that perfect career, I don't want to specify all the things that I think have to happen to get that perfect career. No, your thoughts will take the quickest, most efficient way forward. Uh, somebody said, that, you know, what do you mean? I said, it, it's going to make it on the diagonal. It will take the shortcut if you'll allow it to. So you go to your future and you, the thing that you desire has already happened. You don't specify all this stuff unless you want to be on the coast of France. Then you need to specify the coast of France. But if you're looking for happiness, the perfect career, the perfect partner, or that you're not uh, worried about your expense load, that you put it in your future that these worries, these negatives don't exist. And that includes that crazy cousin who just you just won't leave you alone about his politics. Yeah, yeah no, no, you don't have that in your future either. <laughs> We're not going to kill him off, but maybe he got tired of calling you in your future, right. whatever it is. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. so some things you specify, most of the things you do not. Mm -hmm. I think that's a wise way to go. Yeah, well, if thought's literal, use it in a literal way. In a literal it's a, way. It's a tool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something that I want to share briefly with you that I do. I'm, 
obviously a big advocate on manifesting and, and using creative imagination to do this. And, and I think, look, you know, there are great books like yours that can g- get people on their way. But I also believe that, that people can create out of um, almost an improvisational approach at times. What I like to do when I'm uh, uh, looking to manifest a scenario, since I make uh, my career is in talking, as you know, I will speak out loud as if I'm talking to someone in the future about something that has already happened that in actuality I would like to manifest. And I'll repeat that discussion. Obviously, you know, I'm not walking around at the grocery store doing that, talking to myself or else I'll end up somewhere else. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. But again, that's an approach that I that just felt natural to me because I'm a natural uh, talker. Um, so I will as if, as if I'm having a conversation. Oh, I, you know, I just got back from doing a wonderful talk on uh, the power of manifesting in Paris, let's say, and I'm just saying this hypothetically, but I'll go through. I got so excited. I got, yeah, and it was great. And while I was there, I met this lovely woman. I mean, I'll just start improvising, you know, building on this movie. And that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily to say that I need, again, getting back to the specifics, those specific things to come. But I think what I know I'm doing intuitively is bringing energy and emotion, because as the more detailed I get, the more I can literally feel the excitement about me recounting the story, imagining it, of course. So, yes. yeah, I, I think that there's this, uh, you know, there are infinite ways that we can uh, make put ourselves in this movie, if you will. I want to talk about list making. You have a great, something that I love, that I'd love for you to elaborate on, list making. And you talk about, um, I don't know that you mentioned what was specifically on this particular list, but you would go and somewhere off the beaten path and mail it back to yourself. Talk about yes. that. I love yeah. that. Well, that's before I knew about the manifesting. But you said something I've just got to go back and talk Please. back. It's mm-hmm. terribly important. Mm-hmm. Everything is um, is an energy. And we're talking about intentions. So if, if you're thinking, and I, I'm, I'm so mild-mannered about this, I'm in my future and everything is fine and blah, 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 right? All right. So if it's energetic... If I can put some emotion in that, and I do, I'll say, I'm so grateful. And I love my perfect house. I go around and hug the walls of my house at least once a week. I love my perfect house. I'm so grateful. Uh, I'm doing something physical, not really on purpose. I'm just that grateful. Um, So if if I'm doing my movie in my future, if I speak it, I'm thinking it, and there's another energy of speaking it, that's more energy. If I have an emotional component to that, be it love or fear, and and I cheerlead it and I raise my voice, uh, glory, hallelujah, whatever whatever works for you, or, or sing it, it has more emotion. It has more juice. It has more oomph. Follow me? I do, indeed. Okay. Uh, same thing with fear. Oh, my God, I'm scared to death of this. I can't go in the room with that guy. Yeah, well, there you go. Boom. You can't load it up any more than that. Sure can't. So, uh, yeah, be smart. It's, it's literal. It's just a vibration. Mm-hmm. You, know, it, it, you have a hose. The water comes out of the hose. It goes down because of gravity. If you want to heighten with that, what can happen? You put a nozzle on that thing, and you can make it shoot up for a while. You can, you know, you, you can, you can change the energy of it. You, you can accelerate it. You can turn the dial up on the radio. There are people who have trouble with the visualization. I Sorry they trip up on that. It's not that hard. You don't have to be a good visualizer. But they made a recording. 
Yes. And they played in their car. And I said, oh, my God, that's a fabulous idea. But don't just parrot the thing or listen to it like you're in mass. When you hear that, put some gaps in there. Re-record it. So I'm in my future and dot, 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 dot. And there's this pause. And you can scream about how cool it is to be in your future. And that stuff is happening. And then you can say you're very grateful. And then the tape kicks in and takes you to the next prompt. So you can speak it and scream it. You can juice it up. You can juice it up. That's right. I love it. We're on the okay. same page. Absolutely. And I do think this is related to the the next thing I wanted to jump to. And mm-hmm. that is um, adding, essentially, uh, adding juice, adding, you say that physical action, whatever it is, increases the power of thought. I agree wholeheartedly. So can we go to that letter that you mailed to yourself and maybe give us a couple of other things that you do to add physical action to increase intention? Yeah. And, and again, I want to keep it simple. So I'm I'm not much to use labels. I never call this a manifest. I mean, Agreed. A, uh, Agreed. I didn't call this a meditation because I'm not good at that. Yep. Or a, a, an act of faith. Who's got 100% faith to move mountains? By the way, if you want to move a mountain, just get a lot of ants. You know, this isn't hard. <laughs> so um, <laughs> anything is possible. So uh, uh, back to your, uh, I'm moving a mountain now. I've lost track where I was going to go. Here, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll so shift the letter. it for oh, you, the letter, oh, mailing the letter to yourself. Yeah, so this is before I knew that I could send stuff in thought. And uh, so I made a list of things that I wanted. Now, what I learned from William is that he's simply layering his intentions. He didn't say, I'm making this more powerful because I'm a guy. No, he's just, he just layering intentions. So I have this idea. It's like I put a piece of Xerox paper with that idea on on the other side. The next day I put another piece of paper. Same thing, same thing, same thing. Pretty soon I have 10 weams of Xerox paper over there, and it weighs, it has a substantial amount of mass. It gets very physical, it's going to come over. So it's really just layering intentions. It's repetition. It's just touching that intention again and again and again. So I had this list, and I wanted to power it up. I didn't have any instructions, but I'm just... Having common sense. Okay, I'll write it out. Oh, I'm going to mail it to myself. I'll tell you what. I'm going to go get a special envelope. I went to the store to get a special envelope. I actually went to the store to get special stationery. Came back. Then I made my list on the special stuff. And then I addressed it to me. And I went to another part of the house to get a stamp. I made this inconvenient. I went to another part of the house to get a pen. And then I got in the car, and I drove five or eight miles to some mailbox somewhere, and I dropped it off there. I went out of my way. I made a, a, a stronger intention out of this wish list. And thinking back, and I, and I dated it, I opened it many years ago, and almost everything in that wish list has happened. Wow. And, and some of those things are pretty outrageous. Hmm. Pretty outrageous. And, and William Buhlman yeah. made two lists. He, he read his list off to me, and there were there was some outrageous stuff on the. I know those China too. was one of them. I'm aware yeah. of that. That was crazy. That's the one I told you. You're crazy. What do you mean you, you want to live in China? What? That was the first thing on his number two list. Six weeks later, his wife works at General Motors. She said, uh, "Honey, um, how'd you like to live in China?" He said, <laughs> "I'm listening. Uh, well, it'll be two years. Make a little more money. Uh, yeah, let's go." He ended up there for four years. He literally kissed the ground when he got back. Oh. <laughs> He, he was done with China. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit of a stretch if you're not in love with it. But he got he got his wish again. You know, folks, this is uh, th- what a wonderful conversation. This has been a treat to really get ben- underneath the hood. 
kick the tires. You know, we all have heard about you can manifest what you want and the secret, God bless the secret. I think it helped uh, usher in a lot of people who weren't thinking about it at all. That was a, I think it was a primer and it was appropriate. But we kick the tires big time, Ken Elliott. Manifesting one, two, three. Hey, what's number three real quick and why don't we need it? Number three is that you're really, 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 really big. If if who you truly are walked into a restaurant, your higher self walked to the restaurant, we would all hit the ground without thinking because we would know you were God. We have never been around that kind of juice. Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me, that whoever that is. You might smite me. We're very, very powerful. It's ridiculous that, that we're afraid and, and concerned and this and that. We're just not plugged into that. So when you're doing your movie in the future, you do not have to summon up all that you are. You, you, Alexis gets to be Alexis. King gets to be Ken. William is William. Judy is Judy. Mike is Mike. All these people. You, you just be who you are. It's more than enough. Way more than enough. You don't have to plug into higher powers or your higher self or wear all white and fast. No, just be yourself and go into your future. If... It's not necessary to be your higher self at all, and you can't do it anyway. Mm -hmm. You just can't. You can't plug into that. So don't bother. It's not necessary. So, yes, number three, you're really big, really, really big, but you don't need it. Love it. I love that title. And I love the way you brought such a sense of optimism in the very real, literal art of manifesting. Can Elliot, give me your website one more time. I think there are a couple. It's www manifesting123.com and my art website I guess that's what you're alluding to yeah. is www.kenelliot e double t no I can't spell my name <laughs> Ken Elliot e double l i o double t dot com you got it I right guess that time. It must be time for me to have lunch. I think so. And my stomach is growling. I certainly hope the microphone isn't picking it up. Well, listen, folks, thanks for tuning in. Ken, again, such a treat. God bless you. And happy manifesting, everyone. Take care. It will. Thank you. As we heard in the stories that Ken Elliott shared with us, thoughts are indeed things, and under certain circumstances, they can actually be seen. But as we're now hearing, it's not just about a thought, but rather the feeling that's behind it. Furthermore, repetitive thought is what manifests, whether positive or negative. Ken's ideas about manifesting incorporates very real and exciting approaches to literally shaping the circumstances of our lives. Whether it's list-making, vision-boarding, or even talking out your perfect life, the act of manifesting is a process that can be designed with purpose. To learn more about Ken's book and his ongoing project, in which you can read the manifesting stories of hundreds of people he hears from on a regular basis, please visit his website, aptly named manifesting123.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Conscious Inquiry. Until next time, I'm your host, Alexis Brooks. Thank you.